Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Oh, Mega Van Basel's our quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. The Ball. Speaking of Cork, Sarah Donovan joins in the studio. Good morning, lads. How are you? I'm devastated it's all over. Mm, I know. That's and one I've, side of it, isn't it? I've club Camogie training tonight. The club isn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> You're not buying it. Ah, look, I absolutely loved every minute of the last six months. Mm. It's been a roller coaster, helped by the fact that Limerick's season has been so mistake laden. Yeah. And yet they cruised to a finish yesterday. Best to last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, uh, they're obviously not just a Croke Park team because they've won everywhere, but they're, like, they're an amazing Croke Park team. I, what they managed to do yesterday and what we looked for mm. I suppose during the week was Kilkenny you know a performance a reaction yeah for we're going to say 28 minutes 29 minutes yesterday Kilkenny had them on the ropes and that's probably epitomised by Tom Phelan's performance against Dermot Burns and Tom Phelan every time he won the ball and every time you know the ball goes over the bar you're going he's given this fella yeah. serious hassle and then it's Dermot Burns tracks him down like Terminator and turns him over and then that starts the resurgence. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. It was that quick turnover, wasn't it? Those that, that, those three Kilkenny points, as we mentioned earlier, 25th, 26th, 27th minutes, I think they were, like starting with the own Cody run, the, the unbelievable stick work and ending with the, the Barry Nash over carry and the TJ Reid free, but then from then on. Yeah, I suppose what what if you pa- when you panned out from... The, it was the Richie Reid point mm. and you see Tom Morrissey seven, eight yards behind him and he's really struggling to get anywhere near him mm. and you're going okay if Tom Morrissey's struggling here this means yeah. Limerick are in big big trouble and then it's the Dermot Burns run dispossession and then they start to motor This is at the end of the first half this, to get them this, back in so this it, is it, well this is the start of the second half I was, what I'm saying is the, the performance of Dermot Burns in the first half you know, was, yeah. wasn't up to par. And then in the second half... It's all-time great again. It's all-time great yeah. again. The thing is, right, because, um, like, it felt like Kilkenny were much further ahead on the field mm. than on the scoreboard at halftime. And it felt like the last couple of minutes of the first half, Limerick started to be able to do some bits and pieces that were like, oh, no, we're still, we're still Limerick, don't worry about it. Keen Lynch started to do some bits and pieces. Yeah. He had some support from, there was a bit of Kyle Hayes, there was one of the points there that um, Seamus Hickey was talking about. At the end at the end of the first half, they got a couple of points to bring it back from six to three. And it was like, oh, it's just a little bit easy. Yeah, so the Gillan, the cuteness, the composure. Gillan in the first half, you could say he's chasing hurler of the year. Owen Cody is tearing up a storm at the other end of the pitch. There's you know, possibly a tendency when you're chasing hurler of the year to do it on your own. And Gillan pulls out, goes, no, no, I'm not the option here. Lynch is punning through, pops it up for him. Lynch puts the ball over the bar. And it's that process piece, process, process, process that they stuck to. Mm. Everyone has referenced it afterwards. And I know they're playing down this four in a row and that they weren't chasing it. But when you're in the middle of a process and you're doing it for the fourth year in a row, you have to believe that what you're going to do is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, and chasing four in a row it is unbelievable. Bit, it must get a bit boring unless you spice it up somehow. And There's now, the carrot. Yeah, now they're spicing it up with a bit of like all-time history, you know. Chasing the dubs. It's a magical thing in five. But here's the best part about the five is that actually they can chase the dubs instead of chasing five in a row. 
right? So you can almost ignore the five in a way um, and still have something to go for as opposed to... And that's Ireland. what makes the process mm. so yeah. worthwhile yeah. as a group. But you're looking for that same, I suppose, energy to go into next year. You're looking for the players to be fit enough to do it. But it's so difficult, isn't it? Because Munster is such a dogfight. Like, there's a possibility they don't get out of Munster next year and we don't actually get to see them have the opportunity to do the five in a row. We say that, but they've found a way. And in every game, a different crop of players has stepped up. Mm. So in the Munster Championship, I thought it was Tom Morrissey, it was Dan Morrissey. Um, in the Munster Final, it was Gillan, but it was David Reedy in the last 10 minutes with Adam English and Carl O'Neill. Semi-final against Galway, it was Gillan and Darrow Donovan. Yeah. Um, and then in the final, oh. different players again. Dermot Burns, uh, Kyle Hayes, Casey. Keen Lynch. Ah. Like here's the thing, they haven't had Keen Lynch properly this season. No. And they probably will have him, hopefully, fingers crossed, from a, a, a fitness perspective next season for the whole thing. And maybe that's the difference. His best game this season before that was the league final, where he gave... Gillan every single ball that it was pin, pin perfect yeah. and that was the league final which didn't matter in you know in the grand scheme of things but yeah. that was the last time he had I suppose patched together a, a kind of a near perfect 60-70 yeah. minute performance so for him to take that long and then obviously to peak on, on the biggest day another big story It is incredible like uh, I, we're I, we're, not, we're not taking it for granted I don't think but um, you know him and Declan Hannan direct roles reversed from last year the two of them with the trophy lift and it being so obviously sincere like he, I, I don't know did he have notes it didn't look there was something in front of him I think it might just have been the list of people but like, down though yeah no it was just so like here I'm going to talk about everything that's really important and but if you're four years or five, well they're actually six years in the setup, right because they've won five of six and you're meeting the same guys coming in and out the door at you mm. for six years. It's very easy for them to flash in front of you on the biggest stage. So I think he did a brilliant job yesterday. Yeah. And that's the sincerity that you're talking about. He's mm. thinking about every single fellow who tapped him on the back for the last six years in every training ground and every pitch that he's been through. We're not a team or a family through thick and thin and especially on the good days. <laughs> uh, it was just, I don't know, like, unfortunately this speech has to be so long because have so many different people to thank now. But it was... Um, it was really special, I thought. And the the celebrations that Kylie had with his family and taking the moment afterwards and then just going completely mad. Like completely <laughs> mad. mad. Bananas. Great. Yeah. Very un-Jim Gavin-esque. Yeah. The, so yeah. if you want to, what you say, diversify in terms of what the, the, the uh, managers do, yeah. Jim Gavin has a way and John Kylie has a way. Yeah. And I thought John Kylie's way was Jim Gavin. Like for for the first couple of years, not quite on the same, uh, on the same level, but like, you know, he was quite... Reserved in the celebration, a, a little bit more control, but yesterday he just went. Yeah, off the chair. It was brilliant to see it. Yeah. They obviously felt pressure because the, you think back to the start of the year when we were talking about this earlier, there's a softening up going on. And then it was like, uh, we're not getting enough credit. It's like, hang on, you were telling us. So they, uh, their narrative had to change and their response to it had to change. And they've managed to think their way through all of the, the challenges. At any point this year, what was the closest they were to being in trouble? Was it Claire? Are Claire their true rivals at the moment? I'm going to say Cork because they had to win that game and they couldn't, I suppose, worry about Tip and Waterford and what was happening on the other side. And in the Cork game, Cork asked lots of questions of them, but for a couple of mistakes and obviously the penalty that went against mm. Cork, Damien Cahillan's, you know, freeze against him. They they got a, a bit of luck in the Cork game and Tip obviously on, were undone by Waterford on the other side and that allowed them 
to parachute into a Munster final and all of the Limerick fans descend on the field going, oh my God, the legacy's back on, we have a chance, we're going for five in a row. That shift in 10 minutes in that game in the Gaelic Grounds was the turning of their year. Yeah. Those scenes celebrating the Munster as well, the whole pitch is mm. totally full. Yeah. Like That's the other thing about the, the Limerick fans are just enjoying the moment and uh, we're the ones who are talking about the five and six. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. They're present. Yeah, but I, I, for, for us, and look, obviously Seamus referenced it, you know, he understands, mm. you know, you'd like to see change and you'd like to see something different. But if they keep achieving these new things, then it makes it interesting for us because there's such a jeopardy in going for four, going for five, going for six. Yeah. That's where it gets exciting for the, the pundit or the media talking about it. Yeah. Like the players stay present too, though. And I think Caroline Curd was mentioned at the end by Keane Lynch but clearly the players just like um, a maternal figure she'll be delighted <laughs> yeah like, it's the least sexy thing you can say about her <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes but, but I, I'm sure her influence in the team and the players mentioned her for a reason is significant like yeah I, I obviously we don't have an insight into you know how involved she is but inevitably she's very important and that performance coach piece very few teams in Munster and there's been a lot of, I suppose, jest about the different performance coaches who've been brought into the different mm. teams to try and emulate her and it hasn't worked. No, I'm sure there's only one winner, right? So, but like her track record is, is pretty good. We had Eamon O'Shea on Friday and he was talking about the backroom team that they had. Keane O'Neill was there, strength and conditioning and uh, Caroline Curd was there to stop the five in a row. So she's seen the the opposite side of what the uh, opponents are going to be trying to do to Tipperary next year. My current manager actually, or my current coach, uh, Mickey Dan in the club, uh, she was with Carrick Tool in 2011 when they won their first county championship completely against their own play. And uh, he's got some great insights which he promises he's going to tell me about when I'm finished with right. Ball. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe tonight, I'll try and get a bit out of him tonight. Yeah. Uh, Shifty Lad says, good morning lads, referee was great as well. Um, yeah, so John Keenan of Ockram in Wicklow, uh, 50 years of age, final All-Ireland, is he 50 next year? We're, we're, next year, we're already yeah. aging him, sorry, John, it's very important at that stage, <laughs> I understand. Um, but it means he can't referee the final next year because he will be 50 next yeah, year. Yeah. Um, and he didn't get any big games after last year's Munster final, yeah. which everybody says is like literally one of the greatest games of all time, but he got punished for missing a few calls. I don't even remember what he missed. Uh, there was a bit of hacking there in the first half. Right. When <laughs> sledging. Yeah. But yesterday he was incredibly passive, which is what you want from a referee. And we'll reference the Waterford tip game later in the Camogie. And I thought Liz Dempsey in that game did very well. And I, I can be quite critical of her in other games. So referees overall had a had a decent game this weekend. Um, he, I suppose, Derek Link suggested he missed a couple of calls. Uh, I don't think that was enough. The last thought this there was a sixty-five that was nailed on. Definitely a sixty-five. The there was, there was. It was a two-point swing. That's but fine. That's the umpire's call. It's not John Keenan's fault necessarily. So here's and the thing: the, it's not actually a full two-point swing either, though, right? Because you, Kilkenny, have the opportunity to defend from the puck out. It wasn't like it was a free from the position, and you know, like so. Yeah. It, the only other thing that I still can't cope with is the throwing. And there was a fair bit of that yeah. yesterday. It's, it's At one stage, John is running alongside Keane Lynch, and Keane Lynch softly, like he's just—it's not a throw, it's not, it's not a hand pass. And John's running alongside him, and I'm like, call him. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only criticism I have of John from yesterday. But I don't think it's going to impact, it. impact the game because I think Limerick were always going to do what they did and cruise to that final whistle. Should they do this on a case by case basis, or is a, a hard cut off of fifty? 
the correct thing to do? Would there be better being a fitness test that if you hit this level of fitness, you can keep going? Because famously, the Maldini project um, at Milan, they were like, oh, we can keep Paolo Maldini for an extra year or we can sign a kid, spend four years getting him up to a level and he's never going to be as good as Maldini is because of the experience he has. And then Munster Rugby embraced this and tried to keep their players for as long as possible because you can see the value of it. He now has the experience of refereeing this All-Ireland final. Apparently there's a good young Limerick referee as well who's not getting games because obviously Limerick are so good. This is Johnny Murphy that you're referring to, I think. Yeah. So what do you do if you're the GA when you come up to a situation like this? Like, I understand why you have these rules. There has to be some point where... They've moved on everything they've ever wanted to move on. They can move on this if they want. And if John Keenan is fit enough next year, there shouldn't be an issue here. They've changed. They've changed the penalty because of Nash. Like yeah. these, they've changed yeah. the game Adaptable. in every which way. So let's not get you know. So you think they should? It should be a fitness criteria as opposed to an age-based criteria. There's nothing going to change between now and next January with John Keenan. He's not going to go on the beer for the winter. Like you know, yeah, he's not going to come back to Stone Heavier. I doubt he will. But yeah. you know, let's be honest. He should get a window if he wants to be there. Uh, so I, 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 it's unfair to obviously ask, but uh, how many All Irelands are Limerick going to win? One more. Right. Not the six. Yeah. Uh, it's the bodies, lads. That, uh, that high-impact, physical, challenging game that they play. Mm. It's, the, the bodies are starting to break down. So you need, what, 17 bodies to do that repeatedly for six, seven games in a microwave championship, yeah. as Donald Cusack says. Yeah. Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion effect. Like, do the players eventually just turn around and say, right, I have, I have so many on Ireland's I can't, I have nowhere to put them anymore so like do you just take your year off and is that going to impact this Limerick team down the line like that's the only way I can see them losing losing lads to Australia or America or no having so having, having so much in, in the line of victories that they don't need they're, anymore they're from they age profile we don't, we don't is, understand this as maybe, well yeah. the age profile is different though Mannion and, and yeah. McCaffrey were 21, 22 these mm. guys have gaggles of kids around them now they're you know, they're holding three babies so they're, they're stuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not heading to Australia or America just yet <laughs> yeah. well maybe they're, going, they're st- uh, stay at home dads then they want, a, they want a bit more time with their family they might have lads for the dad cast you'd never know oh yeah, yeah. There, was an, there was a lot of them Um <laughs> The the second half, right? What what changes from Limerick's perspective? Like, what what does Knurk do at halftime that they're what? Because Kylie says the players diagnosed what we thought the issues were, and and then it's so it sounds like at halftime there's a very calm conversation. Uh, we're happy enough with that because we haven't really done what we were trying to do. What are the problems, lads? And they tell what the problems are, and Knurk and Kylie are like, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, okay, go on, go and fix it because they didn't make any significant changes. Well, the problems are what we kind of spoke about at the start, that Richie Reid point where Tom Morrissey mm. can't get close enough to him. So it's not that it's Tom Morrissey's fault, it's that he needs support. So it's like an accordion effect. They start to contract and, and, and like they're literally moving in and out as a group, the half-back line and the half-forward line, squeezing Kilkenny to put the pressure on them so that the short puck out isn't an option. Kilkenny panic, start to lump the ball long and then... Mm. Limerick are like let's go like yeah. let's batter it and if you if you saw actually the Limerick midfielder in a couple of stages all they had to do was bat the ball down and next thing Garrod Hagerty's running at it um, Lynch is running at it and they're coming back and turning towards yeah. the Kilkenny goal it's mm. literally like an accordion the lads are just going in and out take the ball and let's go again 
and that's how easy it was for, for Limerick to squeeze Kilkenny. And I think one of the other things probably is is that the short puck out starts to malfunction a little bit for Kilkenny at the start of the second half and then they just lose the confidence in it mm-hmm. and once that's gone they're lumping ball and um, Limerick yeah. are like thanks very much lads. Yeah and like it, it looked like they still had the confidence you remember the Hugh Lawler ball to TJ Reid where it's just like Razor and TJ comes through with the hand and then they're moving but all Limerick did was dial up the pressure and start to squeeze them in mm-hmm. and, and instead of having one guy running at you you had a guy running at you from the behind from yeah. back <laughs> and at you both sides yeah it was terrifying yeah absolutely terrifying um, are Clare the second best team in the country at the moment yeah why can't they beat Kilkenny because of that first half because of that mm-hmm. horrendous decision to go with the sweeper have we seen it from the best teams this year uh, there was a few bit of in period in the first half when things were going well for Kilkenny that they actually did have one I was like oh this is interesting but then immediately afterwards for the next puck out they had six forwards and six backs so obviously you can do a bit of it in games but, but you, you can't do it to the extent that, that Clare tried mm. and, and to do it for the exp- period of time that Clare, Clare did so I think they'll look back on the season and go that first that decision to do that in the first half was their undoing it, it had to be and the difficulty is that right like for them, the long winter is recrimination as opposed to self-confidence. Like, oh, we were so close, we were so close again. Um, whereas for Limerick, it's feasting on everybody else's deficiencies. So uh, who is getting closer? Well, and a lot is being made of the fact that Dermot Burns, you know, is so efficient yesterday from place balls, right? I know it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Because if you look at Clare, real malfunction when we thought at the start of the year that Aidan McCarthy was the solution. Mm. And they just weren't efficient efficient enough. You have the basics, which is get your free takers right, get your midfield right. I don't think any midfield has matched up, bar Clare, in the the first say the, the championship game. Yeah. yeah, that that was the one I game where. Around, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It like Mullins and it didn't go well yesterday. Obviously, Connor Fogarty had to go wing back because of the injury to David Blanchfield. Cork's midfield. I don't think it's a match for Darrow Donovan and Willow Donoghue or Darrow Donovan, Keane Lynch, you know, the, the combinations that have mm. been there. I think you need your your midfield first and foremost and a full back. Like we've had big issues with different teams. Cork don't have a full back. They've Damon Callan, but I don't think he's the ultimate full back, right? I think he's been mm. um, put under pressure on different occasions. Uh, from Clare's point of view, they lost Conor Cleary for two games and they really struggled to fill that role. Dan Morrissey for Limerick has oh. been pitch perfect. So you need a fullback, you need a decent midfield, you need a a razor sharp uh, free taker, and then you can go to Limerick and say, mm-hmm. "Here's right, a challenge." Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. If, if it's Keen a long shopping list. Yeah, big time. Um, Keir Lynch, we were saying earlier, obviously stepped up in the first half when those around him were maybe faltering a little, a little bit. Daryl Donovan in the second half was one of those players that stepped up massively as well. Uh, I've been asked, obviously Seamus asked him who the, his hurler of the year is, Gillan being the presume Bucky's favourite but for you who who gets the nod uh, since I suppose the start of the league I was so delighted when he came back I think mm. I was I was <laughs> very sad mm-hmm. when he was when he was out in the cold playing soccer with that random team from Limerick what were they called again I can't remember Craig FC or something I don't know or something Rovers anyway yeah. uh, it's not and actually we were chatting to Adam Screeny on Friday night uh, what a cool kid mm. so burnt the ear off him asking him what he thinks of Gillan because obviously they're you know playing in the same role and Gillan has changed that corner forward role and made that role really sexy because of the way he uh, 
manages the game, manages the, I suppose, his runs, how exciting he makes it. It's, it, it's a case study in in management and we haven't seen that with a corner forward in so so long mm. even Taggy Fogarty was saying look you, you have to recognise that this lad is doing something different inside there Yeah, he's made the role his own and he's made the role his own this year in mm. 2023 and that's why I think he's hurler of the year There was a point um, I think at the start of the second half where the movement of his feet was like a wide receiver just like catching a ball where there's no space but there's mm. suddenly space because he's just Jake. shimmy the hips so and the quick. feet move and it's against like an incredible defender. But he's making four runs and then on the fifth he moves. So like he's he's literally and that and that's what we were saying with, with Adam was like literally it's the four, it's you're exhausted mm. and you still have to have the energy for the fifth run to actually win the ball. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise he's just tapping and he's just tapping it over and it looks effortless to him but it's been it's, it's been set the up. four runs previous to that so that's why he's my hurler of the year. Mm. Sarah there's an incredible story brewing in the Camogie where Waterford had reached the Ireland final and I was making the point a little bit earlier on the opportunity was there for Camogie to separate themselves from the same rotation of games as the hurling. Mm. And there was like, there's, there's all of August and the, we could have had a, an Ireland final, an Ireland hurling final on the first Sunday in September. It would have been amazing. And we would be talking about that in loads of detail and getting to know these Waterford players and getting to see the, any of the controversies in the game against Tip. But instead it's swallowed by the all-time great Limerick team. And so I, I feel like that decision was a bad decision in the first place. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure why the Camogie and the LGFA feel like they need to tack on to be on the same. It's gonna, the same thing's going to happen with the women's football next weekend. What's your instinct about this? That August window is the window they should have looked at. It's a real sweet point because obviously September, October, the club season becomes players going back to college, players going back to school. Mm. You're look, You're competing with the men's club season in terms of pitches and I appreciate all of that. But that August window, that sweet spot, that's still there. We don't have championship until the 21st of August in the club. Right. So even, there's two more weeks there. I think the, sorry, the Camogie final is on the 6th of August. Even if you'd pushed it out three weeks, the final, there's yeah. still only two teams involved. You know, it's like the exactly. rest of the country can... Yeah, you can go ahead and yeah, yeah. slog away. So moving it back three or four weeks... Would, wouldn't kill the game but it would give us a window to breathe and then <laughs> brilliantly though on Saturday we were in Nolan Park seven and a half thousand people in Nolan Park Saturday Claire the noise the colour or sorry not Claire Waterford yeah. <laughs> Waterford the noise the colour they oh my god they they started chanting after Murray Power's goal and they never stopped They that Waterford team is a real uh, success story in the Camogie because in 2020 they were relegated mm. um, we actually relegated them I was with Dublin that year and it's it was a last second free from Dublin player Emma Flanagan and I was going God this is going to be really tough on Waterford they're going to go down to Division 1B we might not see the group again three years later yeah, they are. they're in an All-Ireland final and I was at a wedding on Saturday night with the Dublin girls and we were saying how sickened we all were that Waterford had managed to do this in three years and Dublin just survived relegation. That is the swings and roundabouts yeah. in teams. But like we should be doing 25 minutes on that this morning, I think. You know? And there is enough room in that and the quality in it was exceptional. There's a score from Beth Carton that is um, is all Lorraine Bray and if you get a chance to see it over the week go back and watch it because she comes out of nowhere in the middle of midfield she flicks the ball off of uh, the tip player and she goes she's so direct and actually she'll be a real I suppose star in that final when she gets on sp- in space because Croke Park is really going to suit Waterford and they played Cork last year in the semi-final 
did incredibly well in the game and then mm. I suppose Ashing Thompson uh, comes in and powerhouse performance to, to overturn Waterford so big opportunity for Waterford in this final OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball